And away we go. It is the BCJ podcast right here on BearcatJournal.com, brought to you as always by our good friends at the Holy Grail. And this weekend is a special opportunity before the game, after the game. If you're not tailgating, if, you, if you're visiting somebody else's tailgate, get over to the banks, stop by the Holy Grail, have a beverage before the game, and then maybe go back and celebrate a Bearcat victory afterwards. I mean, I think that sounds like a, a perfect plan. So uh, while you're down there at the banks this weekend, watching the Bearcats and the battle for the victory bell, while the Bearcats claim their 16th straight, you can stop by the Holy Grail and support Bearcat Journal's longtime sponsor. All right, let's get this show on the road. Hello. Hi, D- hi Dave. Am I am I distracting you? No, I'm I'm reading something that Aaron told me to read. Oh, so I didn't uh, like, I didn't know if you were like playing Candy Crush or No, I I don't I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I Jeffrey, I am feeling feeling a little bit better today. Uh I'm not I'm not all the way back to hundred percent. For some reason, Dave, whenever I get sick, I struggle to get rid of the cough. Like I can't I mean I cannot imagine why. I can't pinpoint why. I mean, but most of the <laughs> other stuff is gone. The cough lingers for a little while. Yeah, you know, I think else. anyone I, that's hung out with you for more than 10 minutes might be able to help you out with an answer, but yeah, yeah, I I mean I've been I've been trying to figure it out, but I can't I can't quite pinpoint it. So, uh but yeah, I I do feel better. I did it, it took some rest. It, it took a little a little rest for a couple of days, but uh, coming through on the other side. So um, that's where we're at there. Uh, how, how's your week been? It's been busy. Been uh, working uh, away from the computer the last two days, getting ready for a big event uh, downtown in a couple of weeks. Uh, you know, it's called the Kroger Wellness Festival. So, you know, if people are looking for some fun stuff to do, there's going to be some some pretty big celebrities stopping by. Uh, Carrie, Carrie Underwood's going to be there. Uh, you know, if you're into Top Chef, Brian Malarkey's going to be there. So uh, so getting some, some VIP stuff together the last couple of days. So I have not been by a computer i'm very tired and i still have to do like actual work after we get off this podcast sounds like bad planning by you <laughs> there's no other time to do it <laughs> only so many hours in the day yeah all right well uh let, let's get this thing going then um first off i i will just say you are an agent of chaos you're welcome <laughs> There's nothing to the decals, people. I promise. It's the same as always. It's just the shot that Kelsey used. Didn't include the decals. And then Dave likes to get people worked up by pointing out that they didn't show the decals. I think it says more about you if you get worked up over it than it does me. Uh, You know people like people. First off, first (laughs) off, people are immediately going to be in their feelings on that video. Because they, they lost a game in 2009 wearing white yes. helmets. How many games yeah. have they won since then wearing white helmets? I think they're like nine and two or, or something along those lines. They're very successful in the white helmet. 
Because it doesn't matter. That's why. Right. Right. And, and they're awesome. So I love know, them. Whatever. That's the first, I, I put the little stormtrooper uh first, up today. first time they've ever worn this uniform combination. I don't With know if the people, black face people, mask. Right. Did people notice it had a black face mask? See, yeah. does, it, does that change the the bad luck with the white helmet from 14 years ago or however long that was 13 years ago? Like, cause now they have black face masks. Is that different? Can people chill out now? Maybe, but people were already in their feelings immediately upon seeing that video with the white helmets. And then you just fanning the flames of like, uh, but uh, we had some fun with this. I'll just say people need to like get a hobby. Apparently. Yeah, that was my that was or my like tweet. Spend some time with their loved ones, and then and they're already no heat, heat decal helmets though. Oh. People love uniforms; they really like that's a whole. Oh, subset. I do too. I mean, I don't awesome, understand. But, I don't get but, it. But I don't like. I mean, I just like them for the visual of it, and you know, they you know, what are they going to wear? Okay, that's what they're going to wear. Moving on. That's yeah. kind of how I look at it. I, I don't uh, I don't spend a whole lot of time worrying about it. Like uh, your your tag team partner on the Bearcat brunch was like, "We're in the trust tree. You can tell me." And I was like, "There's a seatball." Yes, because I'm going to be the one breaking news on you know if the if the helmet's got something different on it. Sam, you can find recruiting updates at BearcatJournal.com. We'll talk hey, a little bit about. Might, might be Sam's first. I know. You know. I, I'm just. I'm just so letting yeah. you know. Bearcatjournal.com is where you go for recruiting updates. I, th- I think uh, people I, can finally hear all of this on iTunes again now. We're back, and that was that was a hell of a frustrating. Like iTunes didn't answer for five days. Like just didn't. They're like, we we should get to your problem in 24 hours. And like five days, I sent a multiple, like multiple, like, Hey, can we fix this? And, uh, finally they were like, Oh yeah. Uh, you just have to contact SoundCloud. Just wait until the new iOS 16 drops and everything goes to hell in a handbasket. Apple sucks. Um, but that's apparently according to our numbers, that is where most of you consume this content. So it's good to be back on iTunes. Um, Okay, I, I do want to get to this, too. Thank you, Hunter. Um, why are we playing in Paul Brown Stadium and not Nippert Stadium? Okay. I, I, I think I think Luke's comments, like having some fun yesterday, got people a, a little off track on, like, the reality of, of this whole deal. So... I can't remember what, what exactly was the first year. 2017 was the first year of this new. Yeah. And that was a, a Miami home game was that first. Like, that's how it started. So it's a 13-year deal starting with the Miami home game, which means Miami has an extra. So, you know, 12 years, it's 6-6. Six and six. Miami has an extra. So it's a 7-6 Miami advantage in home games. So they put the three Paul Brown Stadium games um, in there because obviously UC did not want to go to Miami every year. They wanted 
more opportunities to play here instead of up there. The three games that were put at Paul Brown Stadium, two of them were in years that it would have been a Miami home game. One of them in a year where it would have been a Cincinnati home game. So that's why there's two home games at Paycor that are Miami. One, the next one, which I think is 2026, um, that is at, or it's considered a home game for Cincinnati. Yeah. Like the, the, the explanation for it is very simple. Like they just went down the list and said, okay, these are, you know, we're, we're taking two games away from Miami, one game away from Nippert. We're putting those games in Paycor. Miami is going to be the home game or the home team for the games that were supposed to be at their place. Cincinnati will be the home team for the game that's supposed to be at Nippert. And it's straight down the middle. Like I, Miami being petty for not letting UC host recruits. Yeah, but I mean, I'm not, if I'm UC, obviously I'm a little annoyed, perturbed, bothered by it. But um, I mean, that's their prerogative as the home team. Like, do you want your, your opponent to be, you know, ho- ho- you know, walking around, uh, showing their recruiting superiority to you at their home game? Probably not. Right? Like how yeah. if you're a Miami think if you if you're a Miami recruit over on Miami sidelines and you're looking over at UC and they've got three times the number of recruits and they're all better than you. Like that's not gonna leave a favorable impression of Miami for these kids as they're making their decision on where they want to go. No, it's a Miami home game. Why would they treat it any differently than if it was actually in Oxford? They're not going right. to let UC bring a bunch of recruits there, even though it's 45 minutes away. Right. And I mean, yeah. of course, UC is going to be like, well, that's stupid. And Miami well, I would, like, I would ask just sure. like they did, but I'm pretty sure they knew the answer before they asked the question. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I think it would be – I do think, uh, you know, assuming every – you know, Coach Fickle is still here in 2026, you know, I would allow them to host recruits in 2026. Just as a middle finger? Just say, sure, bring as many kids as you want. Have them, have them get a good look at the Bearcats. Yeah. I mean, like, have them come in. No problem with – no problem to us. No big deal. Right. I would definitely I, I think I would probably do the same. I would absolutely do it. I think I would probably do the same. <laughs> um forces the hands where they can't sit starters at that point, right? Well, uh, Chuck Martin openly hey, spoke about that. Them uh, not sitting starters cost them their starting quarterback for maybe the entire season. So, I don't necessarily blame him. All right. I mean, if you go back Dave and watch Chuck Martin's press conference. I did. He basically said Cincinnati was dominant last year. We were nowhere close to them. And we didn't see any need to put our season in danger playing a team that was going to kick our ass no matter what happened. You are a big Chuck Martin guy. I like Chuck because he's about as honest as a college coach can be. And I'm sure there's some things he'd like to say that he knows he can't, but he comes up to that line and I appreciate that because I just, you know, whether you agree or disagree, I just want to know what you're thinking. And, right. you know, to, 
far, far too many coaches just give you the, 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 you know, the coach speak. And I'm not interested in that. Like, why would I sit there and listen to you talk for 20 minutes or however, and not really answer any actual questions or not even get offered any actual questions because your media knows that you're not going to answer them. So they're not going to, you know, I guess you still have a duty to ask the question, but it's like, I'm a, I get one question or two questions depending on who the coach is and how big the program is. Am I going to use it on something that I know he's not going to really answer? Am I going to use it on something that he actually might answer? So, you know, that makes it tough for the media. Um, but no, Chuck was like, you know, some, I think he was kind of talking about the UK game a little bit and how like, you know, sometimes in these situations you go in thinking like, you know, well, they asked him specifically, like he was talking about at one point UC's, UC's team last year right. and, specifically. Yeah, and just saying like we just, they were, they, you know, they were bigger, faster, stronger, more athletic. Like we didn't really have a chance to win. And you don't ever hear coach say that. Right. So, I, and he was right and I appreciate it. And, you know, I think they probably feel like they have a better shot this year. I don't know what the, the quarterback situation, if that changes things a little bit, but I mean, they put, we'll get into it. They played Kentucky fairly well, especially in the first half. Um, you know, they considering the losses UC had, I mean, they, how can they – it's not at UC. Like, they have to feel somewhat better than last year. I mean, that was a generational sure. program. You know, we'll get into that a little program bit history. later. So they have to feel a little bit better. I mean, I, I'm not sure how much better I would feel. Yeah, but they knew that was a top-five team in college yeah, football. Yeah, I don't – you know, that I don't blame him for, you know, how he does that and how anybody like that would do that. I mean, your goal coming into the season is to win your conference, in, especially in, in the MAC. Like, go to the conference championship game, win the conference, go to a halfway decent bowl game. I've, I've, I really, really doubt that on their like goal list is like beat UC. At this point, how can it be? But I don't think that Honestly. any team looks at it as like uh, a singular. I mean, in a rivalry game, sometimes you're like. Yeah, but I mean, like, if you're talking, even like an Ohio State, win the Big Ten, win the Big Ten championship, play for a national championship, then it's probably like beat Michigan. Yeah. But beat Michigan there is. is... It's, but it's different than when you've lost fifteen in a row. Like they're at they're, Michigan. It's at Michigan. It's beat Ohio State. Yeah, their big, the big goal 10. is to win the MAC. Like and I don't blame them. So you do what you need to do to win the MAC. Yeah, that should and, be their goal. And they lost. What is what is we talk about? Our goal is to play for championships. Yeah, to play for the American Athletic Conference championship every year. That's our goal. They lost their starting quarterback with like under three minutes to go in a in a game against Kentucky. They were down twenty four. Uh, Sam, Luke Fickle disagrees. It isn't a rivalry anymore. It's just now even, Sam. It's just now even. That's for us to discuss. Like, to me, it's not really. But, like, I don't blame him or the players for looking at it differently. Uh, is Paycor a sellout? No. No, because it's not allowed to be. <laughs> the upper deck is literally closed, right? Like, they yes. didn't sell any seats up there? No, because they would not have sold enough to make it worth their while to have security and concessions right. and all the logistical things that go into opening up the upper deck for, you know, for say a couple hundred people 
to go up there. Um, uh, Crypt Keeper said it makes us look bad with 43,000 in the seats in a 65,000 stadium. I don't think anybody cares. No. Like, look around college football anymore, man. There's there's some sights and scenes around the nation if you look where it's like nobody's gonna no one's gonna be like look look Cincinnati is such a like low class team they can't even sell out the Bengals stadium like when it's not even right. their game to sell out I mean yeah it's a Miami it's literally a Miami home game um I think that's enough of the the ancillary stuff. Um, Kennesaw State, you guys did a, a, a fantastic job again on the brunch, uh, recapping that one. If you guys aren't checking out the Bearcat brunch Sunday morning live at 930 and then uh, the video stays up on YouTube immediately, I get the podcast up as soon as I can. Um, it is outstanding. It is, I think right now, the best thing we're doing. So, well, I appreciate that. I think, uh, you know, it's, it was fun to talk about a win. You know, um, I don't really have a whole lot else on, uh, uh, you know, the, the game itself that I didn't already cover. Thank Tonk. Thanks, Tonk. He's paying for his beer at your tailgate, so you better bring Tonk an extra beer. Oh, I'll have plenty of those. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean – I don't really have much from that game that wasn't already discussed. So, you know, please go back if you have it and listen to the brunch. I know it's five, four different, three days old now, but, uh, you know, 63-10 against a pretty decent FCS team. Um, that's about it. I mean, I, Tracy actually brings up, you know, the only point I was going to make about Chuck and his his gear, and I'm just happy for the dude. Like, yeah, he's had a rough couple of years, and Chunk. he's stuck with it. Chunk. And uh, yeah, and he looks good. I mean, he he about busted one dude. Got him right on the right on the yeah. shoe. He might. I mean, might have housed it, but I was um fast enough to split the the two other guys. But um, I was um <laughs> standing with Joe Daneman. Uh, McCullen has another level. He, he he's 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 pushing it. Um, and and Joe was like, I it, it, sometimes when you're a photographer, you just have those days where like your camera's always on when nothing happens, and as soon as you're changing spots or you know readjusting or, or the camera's down, boom, something big happens. And um, right on that play, Joe had said to me, I think the play before. I'm not, I haven't gotten anything today. And then Chuck just barely got, got grabbed by his ankle. And I was like, that was all, that was almost it. Almost it. There was, it was literally a shoestring. We'll get to Will and Malik in a moment. We can get to him now. Uh, Malik probably done. At least for for this year, I think it is. There's maybe a small chance, like by a bowl game, you could maybe see Malik again. Yeah, I mean, uh, a, t- a torn pec is usually a when you have a surgery, and that's not like inside news. Luke talked about it. 
Right. Um, uh, that's usually a season or a season deal. Yeah. I, I talked to him yesterday. He's pretty down as you would expect. You know, that was a guy that, that like everybody, you know, he, he had visions of having a huge year last year with everybody else and getting that, that ride into the NFL. Right. And then he had yeah. the high ankle sprain and that high ankle sprain really screwed up his season. So he was like, all right, I'll come back this year and make my push this year. And then really before the season even gets started, he has the torn pack. Um, so I, I, I felt, I feel awful for him. Like, as I said on Twitter last night, Malik's probably the guy I've, I've gotten to know best, like developed the best friendship with in my entire time doing this. Um, sad for him, frustrated for him that you could feel the, the sadness and the frustration, like in his voice when I was talking to him yesterday. Um, I was heartbroken when he told me on the field Saturday, he's standing there in a sling. And I was like, that looks bad. He was like, yeah, I told my pack. Son of a bitch, man. Like some kids you just, you have a connection with and you really pull hard for to uh to accomplish everything they've they've ever wanted to accomplish and it really does suck pretty bad to see you know him have his season in that way um will pauling uh mcl injury out for a couple weeks um i i that one i thought and you thought both that 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 was I thought it was that looked like too. more of a season ender than Malik's did. Yeah, because you just don't know. I mean, Malik was still like kind of came in the locker room at, at halftime, just has jer- you know, has pads off, had his jersey on, um, stuff like that. I mean, they took Will off on a cart. You just kind of assume that that is an ACL. Right. You know, obviously we have no idea, but you know, kind of the way it goes. So you know, we'll see how long that takes to come back from I mean he's a, a a quickness lateral type guy you know type of player and we you never know how long it takes for that you know to for an injury to heal and then for the player to also you know regain the confidence to to te- to really push it and and do those things so you know we've we've talked a lot especially in camp just about like liking a lot of the team, liking the depth. Well, we're two games in and we're, we're, we're really starting to test it. I mean, Ryan Montgomery played a handful of snaps in the first game. He's been out since you lose your starting center. Now you lose one of your starting defensive linemen. You lose for, I mean, a to be determined amount of, of weeks. You're, second team punt returner, second team slot receiver who had already made, you know, made an impact. I would say, I mean, I don't know if you'd agree with me in terms of like what we expected coming out of camp as it related to what we saw on the field. Will Pauling was maybe my biggest surprise through the first week and a half. Well, I mean, not not mine since I put him. I mean, in the more league. just ring in terms of, of how of honor much last year. Yeah, but I mean, how much he was out there and how much they were using him. Oh yeah, not I mean, that he was, was being successful. No, he was getting that, a lot of a lot of snaps. Yeah, I anticipated him playing, 
I just like I, it felt like up until he got hurt, like every time you'd look out there, you'd be like, "Damn, Will's back!" Like they got Will in again. They got Will yeah. in again. Like they they were they were leaning on him a lot more heavy in that that wide receiver rotation than I thought heading into the season. I guess that's the point I was trying to make. Not that I didn't think he would be good, sure, but that they were like, "You're one of our like you're a primary." You're one A, basically. Yeah. Right, and you know, it's just you know, it would be nice if we can go through a game without losing a frontline player for an extended period of time. Tracy, if if Chuck is really your son, you have done a phenomenal job. That is an <laughs> outstanding kid. I joked with him after the game on the field uh, Saturday. I was like, "Did you go back to Georgia and like?" Hop in the fountain of youth, or like what's what, what, what's up, man? Um, he uh, he's he's outstanding, and it's and it and it's we talked about it Monday a lot. It's been really cool to see him, you know, kind of having his glow up after such a great freshman season in a limited role, where everybody was like, "Man, this kid's going to be a home run hitter for a long time," and then to tear both ACLs, um. And, and, and still stick with it and get back to this point, like, that's outstanding. So what do you – you know, obviously you have Trey, but what do you think – you know, who kind of – who are the next couple guys that you think move into that slot role? I mean, isn't Tyler the one that makes the most sense? He's only a half inch taller than Trey. Like they're identical humans almost. Yeah. But he's so good. I know he's been, yeah, but I mean, I, I guess I say that because you have so much variety outside. Nick Mardner, Chris Scott, Jaden Thompson. I mean, we've, we've got seen Drew a Dolly, lot of, and we've seen a lot of, especially in like the NFL, and the NFL uses it as a way to get guys open. But like, We've seen a lot of size going into the slot. What do you think of like Chris Scott getting in there? They use Jaden Thompson, right? In a um, in a pinch in that in game that specifically. Game. Yeah. But like, I look at like with Chris Scott. I wouldn't and, mind Chris Scott. He's got the best hands on the. He's team, got the right? best hands. He's got that you know, the body and the power on like slants and stuff. And then like, it'd be, it'd be awesome to have a a guy that runs run blocks that well in the slot because then your line, you know. You got you can do stuff on the edge. You can do stuff with linebackers and safeties. You know, it's it, you know, it's not I they don't sure have a lack a of options, but I think you know it does kind of put them into a little bit of a pinch. You know, taking someone that is more of an outside guy and and having to put him in there, but someone's going to have to do it because Trey's not going to play every snap. So, right, somebody else, and, somebody's going to have to go into the slot. And I mean, really, the only other guy they had was JoJo Bermudez, and he's not available this year. Right. I mean, maybe you just put Wiley in the slot. <laughs> right. Maybe uh, uh, Chuck, maybe, maybe that's a spot for Chuck. You put Chuck in the slot. That's right. <laughs> but no, I mean, um, it's like we, we had, you know, everybody talks injury luck and we had an amazing team last year where you could probably count the, the games on one hand that the main players missed right i mean i think and so we're you know you know the next year you're, you're you're getting the depth tested 
you know, immediately. Call me crazy. I, I think there's an argument that could be made that like Jake Renfro is maybe the best pro prospect on this team. Um, Coming into the season. I mean, I'm sure, yeah, you could probably make that argument. I'm not saying it's like a, a, a lock, but like you lose maybe your most like NFL talented guy. Like I, I think if he stays healthy, he'll play center in the NFL for a long time. Well, and, and you're, you know, you lose him, and then there was probably, I mean, I don't know what the percentage would be. Let's just call it fifty-fifty. There was probably a fifty-fifty chance that Gavin Gerhardt was going to start at left guard. Seventy-thirty. I, I think I'm, Gavin I, was the starter. At left right. Guard. So I'm just saying, but so like, not only do you lose your starting center, you're then shifting the person that was going to be a starter at guard to center. You know, right. the, the offensive line, I think, has been good-ish. I'm, I'm hoping they can be better. Um, yeah, there's been a couple, I think, individual missed assignments that have been... Uh, like, I haven't been worried about them as a group as much as I've been, you know, like... Uh, I think Huber got beat on a, on a play uh, against Kennesaw... Uh, Tunstall definitely got beat on that strip sack against mm-hmm. Arkansas that was critical. Like th- there have been a couple individual missed assignments that I think are worrisome. I think as a group, uh, the the Cooper hold that called back the Chuck touchdown, chunk touchdown. Uh, but I think as a group, like I think that's basically what you're saying. As a group, they've been pretty good, but there's been some individual stuff that still needs. And that's that's going to happen. But I yeah, mean, sure. And plus, how much of that is just Gerhard getting his feet wet, him sure. getting the calls? You know, we we have. That's why. That's why I try to stay away from as much offensive line like analysis as possible, unless it's clearly obvious that just like one guy just got beat on an individual play because like. I have no idea what they're being told to do, what their you know, what their assignment is on this specific play, you know, who who missed the call, who didn't make the right, you know, I couldn't tell right. you for for anything. So I try to stay away from that, you know, type of analysis. Right, I agree, but I'm not that know, smart. Eventually, it's you know, you kept saying it, 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 you know, people talk about it. It doesn't catch up to you until it catches up to you. There's not a problem until it's a problem. And, you know, it, you keep having injuries like this, and it, eventually it's going to be a problem. Right. You know, Hopefully you, they've you can, gotten them out of the way in the first two weeks. Yeah, we can talk about how much we like some young guys and how much they've built the depth and, and all that. But eventually you just have too many guys on the field that have not been out there in critical situations. Yeah, I mean, that was already a major issue, you know, going in to the season. So many new guys that haven't been out there when it's, you know, when it's go time. Um, and now you've got even more guys that are out there uh, that, that haven't been when it's go time. Um, the, the defensive line is definitely going to be interesting. Uh, is this Is this simply... Eric Phillips moves into that that number one role, and Ryan Mullaney backs him up as we saw. Who I thought Mullaney did a really good job against the triple option. Um, I think it probably puts you know unless something 
unless absolutely forced. I think it puts the kibosh on any thoughts of a four down look. Yeah. I mean, that, that makes you real thin in terms of who's coming in behind uh, because then you're moving. Like when they go to that four down look, Jabari goes inside. Now, you know, Phillips and, and Watley or Phillips and Potter are your ones. You just get really thin at D end. Right. Um, going to a traditional four down. I think that means they rely a lot more on that Jaheim Thomas yeah, package. So, I mean, luckily, Navy stinks, so I'm not too concerned with, you know, with yeah. it against them. But, you know, so, but yeah. I mean, hopefully we have a healthy healthy Saturday and, you know, start to get some guys back. I imagine I imagine we won't see Montgomery, but I, I would think he's maybe a week or, week or two away. And Yeah, it's a broken rib, I think, yeah. from what I've heard. Uh, nothing terrible, but... Uh, painful probably yeah more of a pain thing and yeah obviously you gotta have it heal but i mean like how much pain can you withstand getting taking a rib shot from a you know d lineman or or linebacker right um yeah that's that's kind of the injury situation and, and where things are at up and down the roster as much as we know like uh, if you know our policy we don't talk about it until luke talks about it Luke has spoken about these things, so it's uh, it's up for conversation. Um, that's I mean I don't really have much else from Kennesaw that hasn't already been discussed between the brunch and the BBP. Uh, that's kind of the new stuff that has come out since the game was over uh, and through you know media yesterday and the the coaches show. Um, I guess that brings us to Miami, Dave. Yeah. Time for time for the Dave Simone weekly preview <laughs> of an opponent. Now, what's kind of crazy, you could almost argue with the quarterback out, like Miami lost just as much in terms of, of relevance to their team from last year. Um, that they lost their two best defensive players, their, their, uh, their no, star no, quarterback they, is they out. They lost they lost their four best defensive players. Yeah. I mean I they're mean, one of the guys, Dominic Robinson, he was like one of the highest graded rookies or highest graded defensive ends in the NFL this week for the Bears. Right. Uh, obviously, Ivan Pace transferred to UC. They had another guy transfer to Kansas, and he, he was had a the, really good week, didn't he? He was the Big Twelve Defensive Player of the Week in Week yeah, One. That's that. I think that qualifies as pretty good. And then uh, they had another a safety drafted, I think, as well, or was a free agent. I mean, he was at the combine he was at the senior bowl like so so qual you know quality player there too um so yeah they they lost some 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 significant pieces off their defense last year yeah and and now you're without their quarterback now who... you know Breck Abbott was injured at the end of the Kentucky game they also lost their starting left tackle and starting tight end in that game as well doesn't sound like they with you know withstood any significant injuries last week although i'll get to when we talk running backs there was an, an interesting thing i found uh but basically avion smith dual threat quarterback has been there a couple of years but has been behind gabber and aj Mayer. so aj Mayer transfers to arkansas state so now he's the backup 
Got his first start last week against Robert Morris. Decent game, 14 for 22, 155, three touchdowns and interception. Again, as much as I don't take a ton away from when UC plays Kennesaw, I'm not going to take a ton away from what they did against Robert Morris. I mean, so, you know, it'll be interesting because, yes, you want your – you obviously want your quarterback in this type of situation to get a game under their belt. Uh from an operation standpoint, from like, you know, the huddle managing, but like, yeah, great. You played against Robert Morris and now this game is going to be nothing like that. So how much does it really help you? Right. You're in a rough spot now if you're Miami. Yeah. Is the quarterback any good? The backup. I mean, he's been the backup for three years. I I mean, how, how good is he? Well, they had, um, AJ Mayer was yeah the he was third string. This is his yeah. third year in Miami. Okay, it's not like he's a freshman or redshirt freshman. And by dual threat, do you mean like we're going to see a lot of RPO? I mean they'll run they'll run him. Can... Um, I think they have to run him. They're running. They have a bunch of running backs. I'm not sure how great any of them are, but I mean I think they have to have that element in their offense because they don't. They're not great passing the ball. Um, but, you know, I mean, SP plus, they're 90th overall, 87th on offense, 95th in defense. Sagarin has them 102. FPI has them 105. So, like, they're not good. SP plus projection has it 40 to 15. The spread's gone from 19.5 to 22.5 this week if you're into that type of thing. Uh, they held pretty tight with Kentucky for the first half, trailed 13 to 10, and they gave up a 100 yard kickoff return for a touchdown. And then also first had a play of the second half, yeah, right? Opening kickoff of the second half. And then also had a punt blocked. So special teams has to be a huge concern from them. Uh, Coach Martin talked about that specifically on Monday, talking about how much UC blocks punts, how they need to work on double and triple shield punt protection, which should then give you an opportunity to return a punt if they're concentrating so heavily on protection. There's less, you know, guys going out into the formation to, to, you know, cover the punt itself. If Cincinnati has anybody to return a punt. True. Or if they just, you know, put somebody (laughs) back there and tell them to fair catch everyone so that we don't get anybody else hurt. Right. Um, but running the ball, like, so their leading rusher against Kentucky was Tyree Shelton, who's been there a while, seven for 50 and a touchdown. And then he has no stats last week. Did he play? Not that I'm aware of. I mean, why wouldn't he have carried the ball? They had Kenny, Kevin Davis and Kenny Tracy each had five carries for 63 and 52 yards. Like, why would he not have gotten any carries? Is he hurt? And yet, I mean, Chuck didn't say he was. There's obviously not a ton of information out there to, to try to figure that out. Yeah. Um, but I just thought that was weird. Like, your leading running back who had a first quarter 22-yard untouched touchdown against Kentucky then doesn't get a carry the next week against Robert Morris. Or you just, I mean, what did he get hurt at the end of the Kentucky game and they rested him? For the UC game, you know, I just don't know. I just thought that was interesting that he got nothing. He against got Bob, nothing. Against Bob Morris. 
Uh, Matt Kippenhammer, we, you know, if you followed this rivalry, you know him. He's been there a couple of years, transfer from Penn State. Wide receiver. He's had a good start to the year, 11 for 137, two touchdowns. But then, I mean, tight end is the second leading receiver, six for 68. Then their third leading receiver has seven catches for 32. Nobody else has more than three catches. Like, they're not a big – I don't think they're going to scare UC with their, their passing game. Hippenhammer can, can make some plays, but I think there's ways to shade your defense to just kind of take him out if that's what they choose to do. Um, they've got their run defense has been excellent. Again, two opponents, one being FCS, but you know they're only giving up 1.7 yards per carry, and they did do a nice job against Kentucky. Granted, Chris Rodriguez was out, their leading rusher, but you would think Kentucky's got plenty of backs. The way that they play offense, um, you know, I I brought it up with you. I think I maybe brought it up with Jeff, like you know, asking the question is you see a passing team. This is another one like you're probably, they don't do great against the pass. Most of their new players on defense are in the secondary. Probably going to see more Ben Bryant slinging it around. To answer that question. Yeah. I think this is a passing team. Will, Le- Will Levis threw for over 303 touchdowns on another guy last week. I don't think, I mean, they just don't have the athletes on the outside to really challenge them. And UC has way better wide receivers than Kentucky does. So I'm sure that that's what's going to happen. I mean, they're 95th pass efficiency defense. UC's top 25 in yards per attempt and QB rating or passer rating, whatever, however you want to look at it. So, you know, UC's been great on third down, 54%. Miami's great against third down. They've only given up 22% conversion rate. You know, so, again, you know you know how you beat that? Yeah, throw the ball. Don't get in third down. Right. Get first down on first and second Throw down. the ball on first down, unlike the other team in this town. Oh, I only could imagine your feelings on the predictability of the Bengals on offense. Yeah, you know, you, you go under center and then run the ball 89% of the time. I'm, I'm pretty sure most people could figure out what you're going to do. But that's I think you could, like, you could even figure that out. That's for a different show. Um, <laughs> Ryan, their linebacker, Ryan McWood, who I've seen some people talk about his seventh year. I'm not sure if that's accurate. But I know he's been there a long time, was hurt last year, is back. So maybe we're, we're in sixth year and maybe even seventh year. Well, I mean, uh, if he got hurt two years and had a COVID year, you can get – there is yeah. – seven is out there. But uh, he's, a, he's a quality quality linebacker, especially at the Mac. I mean, probably one of the better linebackers in the Mac, leading, leading tackler. Uh, they got a couple defensive transfers from Power 5. Uh, our fans you know, might remember the name Michael Dowell. I think he was an Ohio kid that went to Michigan State, transferred to Miami as a safety. Corey Suttle, defensive lineman, transferred from Iowa State. Um, you know, I think obviously you still probably test them against test their run defense, yeah. but we're just playing teams that you know, if Ben or Evan for that matter plays anywhere near like they did against Kennesaw with two, two, and now three tight ends that can make an impact and a wide receiver room. Like, like you're just not going to be able to stop them consistently. Right. Like dudes, dudes are just going to get open. There's going to be mismatches and then you're great. Your run defense is going to start to get shredded because you're getting killed on the outside. 
Usually not great. Not great, Bob. Usually so, not a great recipe. I mean, if you if you struggle to stop the run and the pass, uh, an, an offense like this where there's balance and there's talent <laughs> and there's an ability to do both things and there's an ability to beat you outside over the top, there's ability to beat you inside over the middle to the sidelines and over the top. Like, I, mean, I would run the very same play they ran to, to Scott on the first play last year. The, ver- the, first, the first play this year. Just be like, you still can't stop it. <laughs> so Come why get not? You some. Yeah, I I do it the I do it the second play. I'd okay. run I'd run the first play to make them you know forget about it, and then do it the second play. <laughs> make them forget about. It. I don't think they yeah, forget, about, forget that. about it. I'm obviously being facetious, yeah. Dave. But yeah, I mean that's. It's kind of, kind of the rundown. I mean, it's it's hard to <clears throat> two games in one worth looking at, one not exactly. But you can glean a few things, especially when it comes to like not having your starting quarterback and starting left tackle. I think that's probably a pretty big deal. Yeah, we'd probably be having a little bit different conversation and a, and a longer conversation if Gabbard was available because he's pretty good. Well, he's pretty good and. They played pretty well until the you know against Kentucky. I think until they self imploded, especially kinda. the first half. And you know, then you give up a kick return right away, and I'm sure that kind of like just basically you know puts the end to your thoughts of of really pulling stay, the upset, pulling the upset, or staying with them. But you know, what's the uh, what's the Simone final outcome? Oh, um, like the a score prediction? Yeah, I mean, you don't you don't write into the column on Friday. You, you didn't ask me to. You've told me before. I do it during this podcast. <laughs> I'm not sending you that. True. Uh, why, why would I? Why would I send that to you, knowing you're not going to participate? I was I was going to be real close last week until we returned two defensive touchdowns in the second half. Yeah. Those are hard to account for. Yeah, I was I was looking good there for a minute. Um, I think it'll be kind of maybe what I thought last week. No, not that bad. Like, I'll go like uh, I'll go forty five thirteen. Tonk says three hundred yards for Ben. I would think that's well within in reason. As long as he is in there long enough. Yeah, I mean, I I don't anticipate that being the case. And kind of brings me to a question I wanted to ask you. Okay. Uh, you know, Dan, Dan Hoard does his kind of like minute with Coach Fickle every week that gets put on yeah. SoundCloud, Twitter, whatever. And then they kind of talked about it last night on his coach's show regarding, you know, Evan and – what you know? What do you do? Uh, you know, are you going to do a special package? Do you? What you're just kind of like? How are you going to c- continue to manage the situation when? You know, he came in against Kennesaw and played great, and I've always been a proponent of not 
a two-quarterback system where you say, like, you get the first three series and then you get the next three or then we figure – then whoever plays better plays the rest of the game or something like, you know, something like that. But I've always been like, he's got a very special skill set. You, you use it with every other position on the team. You carve out roles and you carve out certain things. Why wouldn't you use it if you have that ability at quarterback to where maybe, you know, you block a punt or you get a good punt return and a quick change and you, you run him out there and, and you have that type of a series for him. Or, you know, I don't know. could be a, a multitude of different things. But it seemed from the way that Coach Fickle was talking about it that this is – Definitely more of a possibility than maybe we anticipated or he even anticipated coming into the season that he's going to start playing him more than just like we're at 50 to nothing type situations. I believe it when I see it. I agree, but the way he talked about it made it sound like at least being discussed and and is more is is a possibility. I'll just say that. Yeah. I just think it's going to be interesting to see if he pulls the trigger in a game. Right. Because that's ultimately what it comes down to. Like, right. Like if, if you're up 14, nothing and you, you get the ball back, like that's a big difference than being up 35, 10 with six minutes to go in the third quarter. Right. Right. You're up 14, nothing something goes wrong and it's 14-7, you know. For sure. Becomes... I just thought it was interesting that on two occasions, like, <laughs> the his tone was definitely more in the direction of, like, yeah, we're going to think about it because he does bring something to the, to the game that the other team will not have seen and, you know, can, can offer us uh, a playmaking ability that, you know, Ben doesn't have. I mean, Ben is a pure pocket passer. Look, and Evan, his... is not a, Evan is not a pure pocket passer. Like, that's not – I don't think that's me taking a knock at his throwing ability. That's just not his game, and I think he'd be more than happy to tell you that he's not a pure pocket passer. Look at how he just dusted the defense the minute that Shaman threw that block and got him outside. Right. Gone. And I don't care if that's like that's still, yes, it's an FCS team, but that's a team with speed from Atlanta. Well, the thing too is is like you've been playing a certain type of offense, preparing for a certain type of offense. You can't like whether it's Miami or anybody else, like you can't really prepare thinking maybe they're going to put him in. So they put him in for a series and the defense is not anywhere mentally prepared to like, Oh shit. Now they got a running quarterback in who's faster than me. Here's my question. Does it have to be a series? I mean, I guess not. It could be a play. Yeah. Like all of a sudden Evan comes in, maybe Ben goes, to the sidelines, or maybe Ben is like split out wide receiver. Yeah, like just all the way, you know, out to the sidelines, like away from the play. Um, or maybe I still think, and you'll think I'm crazy. I still think my favorite offense I've ever seen in my life, Dave. 
and nobody will really get this reference. Back in, I think it was 2004. Might have been 2002, one of the two. Michael Bush was a senior at Mail High School in Louisville. You'll remember Michael Bush because he was a monster at Louisville. He was a monster in the NFL. And they had a pocket-passing quarterback, and Bush was the running back. The pocket-passing quarterback got hurt and missed a pretty significant portion of the season. So they moved Bush to quarterback. And then as the playoffs rolled around, the pocket passer came back. And what they did was they just took the two offenses and combined them. Yeah, they just put on the field both at the same these time, dudes every play. In the backfield next to each other without the defense knowing where the snap was going to go. <laughs> and when Bush got it, he could still throw. Like, he had a cannon of an arm. But when Bush got it, they were run heavy. And when the, the, the pocket passing guy got it, they were a passing offense. And it was wild to watch. I, like, I couldn't imagine being a defense, looking at that and going, what, what's the call? Like, what, what's the play? What's the call? What actually do we do? I want to see him put both of them out wide on di- opposite plays and d- run the option, and you, you pitch it. Flip it back to you, the – Either Evan keeps it or he pitches it to Ben, and then Ben throws it. Or Ben you know, runs the option, flips it to Evan, and he, you know, yes. We can do whatever. We need, we need, I need, this is why I need to be an offensive coordinator. <laughs> <laughs> that 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 male offense was part of the best football game I've ever seen. Hands down. I, I still have never seen anything close to it. Uh, and, and that includes UC Pitt. They played Brian Brom in the state championship at the old Cardinal Stadium on the fairgrounds down there. C- Coach oh. Brian Brom? Yeah. And it was Trinity... Brown was the quarterback for Trinity. Bush was the quarterback for Mayo. Uh, the game ended 59-56. And it was, uh, there was a there was a stretch in that game, Dave, where Brian Brown threw one, two, three, four passes for 80, 60, 240 yards and three touchdowns. 80-yard <laughs> touchdown, 40-yard completion, 40-yard touchdown, 80-yard touchdown. I was literally like, that was back when I was like, doing a lot of camera work one team would score and you couldn't you didn't even have time to shoot the extra point you had to run to the other end sprint to the other end because there was probably going to be a touchdown in like three or four plays yeah it was one of the most amazing things i've ever seen like the atmosphere especially you know the both of those kids were going to louisville so the whole city was kind of like sure right on top of that one it was incredible but I'd love to see somebody replicate that male offense with a dual threat and a pocket passer that just stood next to each other. And at, at like at least 50% of the time, the guy, the dual threat was the running back. Yeah. Right? Like, so when you snapped it to the pocket passer, you still had, you know, a, 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 back next to him in the backfield you can still just hand it to him and he's an right. NFL, nfl running back getting the ball so but right. yeah i mean i just 
I don't know if there's a link to that game, no, Tom. I don't, I, I don't, I don't know. know. I'm sure somebody gonna... search it up. Trinity Mail. Uh, I think it was either o- it was O2 or O4. I don't recall specifically. So I don't know. I don't, I don't like you said, you'll see it when you believe it. And when does it happen? Or you'll believe it when you see it. That's what I should have right. said. And when does it happen? But I just thought it was interesting that, you know, it was discussed in more of like a definitely not in a throwaway way. Like, no, we have a, you know, Evan's still we have a quarterback. You know, Evan's yeah. working, but we have a, a starter. And, you know, he definitely did not, you know, take that angle with it. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't hate it. Like, uh oh. What happened? I don't know. My screen just went like oh, pink. Well, I can still see and hear you. So we're fine. Um, anything else for for this game? No, I mean, I guess we get to the, you know, the the Simone family tailgate. Do we do we, do we want to discuss uh, Coach Martin's thought of the transfer portal? Yeah, we can get to that. I don't I don't have a problem with that necessarily. I, uh, Since he, it involves two two Bearcats, he had, he had comments on which I don't think he was really I don't think he really said anything out of pocket out of, out of turn. I mean, he said you know speaking about Ivan, you know, they didn't recruit him. We did. He came to us. We thought he was really good. Thought he was the best player in Ohio. He played really good for two seasons, and now he's good enough for UC. Forces. And we and, and, no, I haven't played. I haven't played for Miami for two seasons. No. I, what? Or he was one. He said two. So I don't know if maybe he redshirted a year or something. I don't know. Uh, either way. And then said, "Now you know. Now he's good enough." He sat good out enough. twenty. So I don't know if he coveted. Like took a the coat like yeah didn't play because of COVID if, or if he got hurt or whatever. Uh, Nineteen and, and twenty one. Yeah, he was he was there. Okay, sorry. So I don't. I mean, seems fairly accurate to me. And just said you know just said like we wish we still had him. We, we, he's really good. Uh, this says actually that this is interesting. He played in 2020, but they only played three games, remember? Yeah. Started all three games, finished the year with 26 tackles, two pass breaks up, breakups, 10 tackles versus Ball State. So that technically could be his red shirt and his COVID year. So maybe he was, maybe Chuck was just looking at it as like, we not even like mentally not even counting that as like a. a Yeah, I'm just talking about how much, I'm just thinking how much time he has left. Yeah, because this is technically really his only third year of playing football. He might have two more years after right. this. Yeah, and then and then he uh, he talked about how it was like they sent Ben Bryant down to the minors, and which then, we've made that joke how many and, times, yeah, and then called him back up. <laughs> like that's our joke. That's our line. He must listen to the pod. He must. What's up, Chuck? Good hearing from you. But no, that like, I, again, I think this is a guy that just speaks what's on his mind. I don't think he said anything out of pocket. They didn't offer Ivan when he was coming out of 
high school. Like, and it's a thousand percent fact. He wanted to come here. Yes. And so it's he not waited like he and waited for the offer, and it didn't come. Yep, and that's part of the portal. I mean, guys grow, they develop, they get better, or they fit a need. You know that you didn't know that you, you have, maybe you didn't need a guy like that when he was a freshman and, or coming out, and now you do. So, uh, but yeah, I just thought it was, you know, I, again, I like him because a lot of coaches would probably be like, yeah, you know, we're, you know, wish him well. But he's not on our team anymore. So not going to, not going to talk about him. And yeah, he, he, he gave a, he gave a good, good, good soundbite. Good answer. I mean, I don't think it's a secret, right? Like, He's small. He's undersized. Sure. And and they were looking at that point in time. Like, I think what actually probably worked against him most in that situation. And it's, it's kind of weird to say this, honestly. But I, I think they were looking to go in a different direction from Perry and Jarrell. Yeah, it makes it weird because you're like you're, you want to go. Those guys were really good. You want to go in a different direction of two ultra productive, undersized linebackers. Like they kind of prove to you, right? You can be super productive and have successful careers, uh, and not be your prototypical size. So yeah, part of you would be like, well, then why are you hell bent on going away from that? But I think, I think the thing is, is like. You kind of look at it as how many times in a row are we going to hit on that? Because you're just you're playing the outlier card. Yeah, but here's where I here's where I disagree. You're playing the outlier card when it comes to recruiting NFL prospects. But that's what they're trying to do. I know, but there's also room for really good college players, right? For really good college players, not every kid you're going to recruit is an NFL prospect. So but there I think is they look room. At it as our hit rate, I know. Our hit rate is going to be better. Like are we, we, we got this two times in a row. Is that really going to work a third? Well, and guess what now, Dave, yeah. go look at that 2023 recruiting class. Yeah. Rohan Davey is, is Perry young. He's, you know, Jarrell white. He's Ivan pace. Right? Would you agree? Yeah. yeah. I mean, he might, I don't even, he might even be like, is he a true linebacker? Could he be more like a, a big safety? Maybe. I mean, we'll see when he gets here. Right. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he's definitely, whether, you know, he's undersized, if that's, you know, at the, at the baseline conversation for a linebacker. So, you know. I mean, Tonk, you're 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 in the right ballpark. His point was he saw Ivan's potential and said others weren't good enough at recruiting to see his potential. Now that every he goes off, everyone's like, "Oh, never mind. We want him now." Like, I don't think anybody, after watching Ivan Pace be Division One, you know, Defensive Player of the Year in the state, thought that he he didn't have potential. No, I think they didn't think he would be good. They were just looking for something different. I mean, you can right. I can love a, a wide receiver to death, but I'm like, you know, that's just not what we're looking for with this scholarship. I mean, we're not right. saying like we're not saying that he's not going to be good, but like 
for what we need and for what we want to use this particular scholarship on, that guy doesn't fit. I'm sure they I'm sure there's tons of slot receivers that they love as football players, but you don't need a wide receiver room full of slot receivers. Right. Until until they all get hurt. Right. <laughs> um yeah, like I, I don't think Cincinnati ever thought Ivan wasn't good enough. I just think they felt he wasn't he, he didn't match what they were looking for. They wanted to get longer, more rangy. Like more, I don't want to say athletic because he's athletic, but but also remember when Ivan got here, he's two sixty five. Like he weighed, he was a defensive end. I think that was the other question. It was it was not only size, but he was a little doughy, if we will. <laughs> and you know, at two thirty. He's a machine. Sorry, Chuck. Like it, you know. <laughs> hey, you're you're in year nine, Chuck. Be be grateful that they've kept you around this long. I think he's accomplished what they are interested in accomplishing, right? I do right? too. I mean, I think he they're never gonna be great, but they're not probably ever gonna be two and ten with him. So it's like, so it's like, what are you, you know, you're going to get rid of him and, and then what? They're going to be a contender in the Mac in their, in their division every year. They're going to have an opportunity to play for Mac championships. Most of the time, you know, whether they win their division of the Mac or not is to be determined, but they're, sure. they're going to be in play. Like that's in play for them. I think every year with the roster that they built. I would think so more, more times than not. I mean, you know, you always have your outliers, but this isn't twenty years ago, man. Teams from the MAC. When? What's the last great team from the MAC, Dave? Uh, PJ Flex team, probably. Who did they upset? No, they just. Well, they went. They go undefeated and then lost to Wisconsin in the in the bowl game. Yeah, but I thought they might have got somebody in the regular season. Uh, I don't even remember. But that's probably what the last, what I would call a great one, right? Yeah, and that was seven years ago? Ish, yeah. Like, those days have passed the Mac by. Yeah, the Northern Illinois team with, uh, what, Jordan, was it Jordan Lynch or somebody Lynch at quarterback played Florida State? No, but that was even before Flex team. Yeah. Like, the MAC just is not and, – and here's what I respect about the MAC. Like, they're not swimming upstream. They're like, look, we're okay with who we are. We're not trying to, like, add a bunch of teams. We're not like – we don't have a bunch of teams trying to leave. We know we're not making a bunch of money. Athletics is what it is. Uh, like, it has its place, and we understand it. But we're just going to be who we are, and – you know, go along happy about our day. I think so. I think that's fair. They're certainly not like, you know, like Conference USA and the Sun Belt and, and the AAC are all like, and, and the Mountain West are like knifing each other for position to be that top group of five 
once the the deck chairs settle. Yeah. The Mac's like, eh, we're just going to enjoy our Mai Tai over here by the pool. <laughs> Maybe next time. Uh, Simone family tailgate. I think it's a, br- a breakfast tailgate. I think so. Tom, what, what does that have to do with, with I think the like Mac? Some, uh, comp- what does that have to do with the Mac competing with, with Power 5 teams? Yeah, guys have great individual careers all the time. And Eric Fisher was also coached by Mike Cummings. So, duh. Of course he was a first, <laughs> first overall pick. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, some, some breakfast casseroles, some bacon, some sausage, you know, the, the usual. Probably some mimosas, some Bloody Marys, some jello shots. Obviously, jello shots. Uh, but, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see. Yeah, I know. I know there's some consternation in the fan base regarding getting downtown and the uh, all the things that are happening with Oktoberfest and I guess a some sort of foot race and when streets are going to open and things of, of that nature and you know unfortunately UC has you know virtually no part in this I've had a conversation today in fact uh with someone over there and and they're they're certainly going to be looking into and I'm not sure what all can be figured out or relayed to the fan base by Saturday. Um, Cause it's kind of a, well, it's not kind of, it's a city slash kind of Bengals, but Miami thing. I mean, it's their home game. So the Bengals are calling more shots on this than people realize, but not yes. for like street closures. Like that's being done. By right, right, right. That's the city. That's obviously the city. Yeah. yeah. The city. And then it's up to Miami to coordinate that and let, fans know like when we you know if they choose to i mean they might not give a shit i don't know um you know let people know when parking lots are going to open and things along those lines so you know the university is aware of it obviously they don't want a bunch of angry calls from fans i couldn't get into this lot because they don't mean it's not really up to them but then they have to you know try to smooth smooth it over so yeah, they're they're aware. I don't, you know, but like I said, I'm not I'm not really sure what they can truly do about it. Uh, you know, when it comes to having the police or whoever, right, move move barriers once runners are through areas. But right, um, you know, it's just an unfor. I mean, yeah, you, know, you could I guess you could, if you want to, you could say it's poor planning. I just think it's kind of an unfortunate happenstance that the game is. At noon versus another time, and then it's also Oktoberfest, and there's a a race, and you know sometimes there's just things that are out of your control and that just are unavoidable. It, it, it's a terrible weekend to be having a Saturday game at Paul Brown Stadium at noon. Even if it's at three thirty, be fine. Yeah, because the race would be cleared yeah, out by the, then. Everything would be cleared out by then, and no big deal. Um, yeah, it really just kind of sucks that it's a noon game and downtown the same weekend as Oktoberfest. 
Yeah, I, I don't know that I'll be at the Simone family tailgate this week. I, I, this might be a, uh, I'm just going into the stadium. I'm not dealing with all this crap. Grumpy yeah. Chad might come out on Saturday. <laughs> I don't blame you if, if that's the case. Anybody else that wants to stop by, we'll be in, we'll be in lot one. That is uh, west of the stadium across the street from the Bengals practice field. Yeah, the weather looks good, so hopefully people can can get in and and enjoy their enjoy their time. We are supposed to enter at Gate B. How close is that to you? Honestly, like I've been going to games there for so long, I don't even like pay attention to what the gate letters are. It's, it's the new. Uh... Is it north? Is it on the north or the south side of the stadium? I don't know. It just says credentials can be picked up at the Alta Fiber Gate, former Gate B. Uh, I don't know. I don't either. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't even like no, pay attention to those things because I've never had to. Let's take a look. Um, gate. Yes, that is close to me. Okay. That is on the north side of the stadium, closest to lot one. Okay. So it's like right. It's um. It's right by the pro shop. On the okay. right right side of the pro shop is Gate B. Yeah, I, that's actually where we've gone in before. So yeah. So that is. I the, don't that know. Is, that is the closest gate to lot one. <laughs> We have to go into the Central Riverfront Garage. I don't know where that is. Central Avenue, I guess that would be A on the map. Yeah, but I know. I was, I was joking with uh, my UC connection about Miami probably doesn't care because they're going to have about 10 people there to tailgate at that time. Right. So. So why why do they care if a bunch of UC fans can't get into a tailgate lot? <laughs> I mean, it looks like where we're supposed to park is really close to you. So maybe we will get there a little early and just stop by for a few. All right. I, I was just anticipating I'm going to be annoyed hey. with all of it. Everybody might be if they if they can't get into these parking lots. They got a right? car full of food and drinks and no way to get in. What a nightmare! So, uh, I guess yeah. that like would you would you have been okay? Like uh, the alternative, I guess, is we would have had to have driven to Oxford for a noon game. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I still wouldn't love that idea. Right. The last time we went there, obviously, was the Malik Clemens interception return. That was the, the last game, game there, right? Right. The game that was supposed to be there was a COVID year. Yeah. We tailgated, and. Not the car right next to us, but the car in our row that you could see was a lovely uh, man who I believe was his wife, Miami fans. And they pulled out their tailgate stuff and their two chairs and they both sat down and they each read a book. The entire yeah. entire tailgate and never once said a word to each other. And I assume they that's went marriage. Into, I like assume that's... they went into a game into the game. But yes, that's I've just a delightful I've, marriage. I've seen a lot of damn things at a football tailgate. Two people reading literature 
uh, you know, maybe some some fiction, some nonfiction. I don't know, but uh, have not seen that. <laughs> Aaron, can you do me a favor and tag in for a second? I'm going to close my browser because it's acting really stupid right now. Yeah. Okay. What what are your travel plans? Are you coming for Saturday? Are you, are you, are you coming? coming in super early to? So, Rachel works on Saturday, so that'll be super fun. So you're, so you're bringing the kid. Bringing the kid. Nice. Dropping the kid off with mom, who is on a scooter because she had ankle surgery. Well, at least your kid's non-mobile right now. There is that. Um, so I'll be leaving here about 7, 7.30 to get to Mainville by 8.30. Well, no, I guess it would be need to leave earlier than that if you want to get there at 8 30. no it'd be it'd be between 9 30 and 10 by the time i got there um so yeah i mean like for you guys if you're not going to be able to go to to tailgate i would just go in as late as possible pretty much i mean yeah then then the streets will all be cleared off by the time you come in if you come in at like 10 30 11 i don't think that's a problem at that point Let's just say yeah, it's, time, kinda, it's times like this I miss having an apartment two blocks from the stadium. We have to pay for parking. Yep. Yeah, that's, you know. Not ideal. Silly. As media. Just, just, just expense that to BCJ LLC. Yeah, I'll, I'll give Kelly the receipt and have her reimburse <laughs> me. I told, I told Chad I'm going to walk into Paycor and you guys validate. Yeah. <laughs> I got a receipt here. <laughs> but, we'll, we'll uh, but yeah, I mean, if I'm if I'm you guys and I don't have to be there that early, like because of recruits and stuff, like I'm not I'm not messing with that. Yeah. I mean, I think Brent and I got into Arkansas Stadium, I don't know, maybe an hour early, if I remember right. Knowing what I know about like how this is going. I can't imagine the food in the press box is going to be edible. <laughs> They're going to be like, here's some stuff left over from the Steelers game last week. Oh, my God. It, like, so I'm probably going to eat. If I don't come to your tailgate. Yeah, it, I mean, I'm, I'm not kidding you. Like, that gate is a five-minute walk from our tailgate. Chad, let's let's just. Uh, so you could go. You could come in at 1030 and, be, have- and park and be at our tailgate by 11, eat something, and then go in. Let's just have Galactic delivered to the stadium. <laughs> Door dash it to the stadium. Shane, can you bring me some chicken? Tell him to bring it to our tailgate. Shane, are you watching? Bring some chicken to Dave's tailgate so we can eat. <laughs> well, I want to eat it too. I said we. I didn't say I. Well, I didn't know if you met you and Aaron. And Brent. And Brent. I, we're not, no. <laughs> With this game being like, a I think big, Brent could big, eat all the chicken. If, if with this game being at big NFL stadium, is Brent gonna wear like a, a vest, maybe a, a three piece suit? I mean, I could not believe he was wearing slacks and dress shoes and a long sleeve shirt. I don't know what he's doing sometimes. I mean, I get dressed to impress. I, I mean, guess. Dressed for I the tr- job I tr- you want, tr- not tr- the <laughs> job you have. I, I tried to read his his recap, but I stopped at the twenty five thousand word mark. 
thing was the longest <laughs> article I've ever seen in my life. On Kennesaw? Yes. Oh, my God. It was... You know he's listening to this, so we still love you, Brent. This is all. This is all been, I make I make a this, joke about this that is all, all because time, we love you. So. Yeah, he had a lot of words for a game that was sixty-three to ten. That's it, like that's hard to do. Yeah, right. That's a skill to be able to write. I mean, do we want to do we want to get the actual count? Uh, we can get the actual count. <laughs> But yeah, so I mean, I'm expecting like bow, bow tie, cufflinks, wing wing tips. <laughs> oh, it wasn't. It was only. It's only two thousand words. The Dahani Jones special. That, you know, two thousand words. That is three times as much as I write for the Athlon preview. Four pages, two thousand words. Yeah. Uh, and 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 social media. Uh, like lingo, words aren't the thing. Characters, ten thousand six hundred and fifty characters. Uh, characters in, including excluding spaces, eight thousand six hundred and ninety. Yeah, that's that's a that's a lot. It's a lot of tweets, bro. For a game that was over after fifteen minutes. It's a lot of tweets, bro. We love you, Brent. But yes, it, at least the weather looks good. This would be a miserable, miserable experience if the weather was going to be crappy. Last a couple days ago, it said it looked like it was going to rain. Is that Saturday? Is that no longer. Yeah, I'm only I've only seen like nothing but great weather for ten days in a row. Oh yeah, eighty five, partly cloudy. I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be a little a little. A little warm. I'm gonna have to, yes, I'm gonna have to bring some sunscreen to this game because last week I did not have any and I didn't think it was gonna be sunny and I got roasted. <laughs> but uh but yeah, I mean I don't know. The 16 in a row seems in the in the in the cards. I don't know what, what else we really have on on this. How about how about the forecast for next Saturday? Is, oh, we're like looking that far out? I just looked, so I'm scrolling. What is it? 72 intervals of clouds and sunshine, oh. winds 5 to 10 miles an hour. Sexy. That is, oh, that's as football weather as it gets. Hopefully yeah, that buddy. How is um, How is that game not 330 already? Like, What's like, the other one? Georgia UCF Tech, and- UCF. Yeah. Like Georgia Tech's probably going to lose this week and UCF plays like FIU. Like that's going to be the Who's Indiana play? Who's Indiana play? Yeah. That I uh Western Kentucky. I do know that actually. Well, that's a game Indiana could lose. Uh they could. No. I don't think they will. I'm not saying they will. It's at home. I'm saying that's a game Indiana could yeah. Lose. Indiana yeah. has lost games of that caliber many times them. in the history of their program. Almost all their games last year. So, like, right. <laughs> Western Kentucky was one of the two teams they beat last year. Yeah. Uh no, that's that's about all I've got. You want to uh you want to touch on any of the, the 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 college football stuff from today? Well, tell me tell me what it is, because I <laughs> Uh, I've been, uh, the, the SEC made some moves. 
canceling games against Oklahoma and Tennessee and Georgia. Yeah, Tennessee had a a second game scheduled against OU, and Georgia had a series scheduled with Texas. And really, it just comes down to the, especially in the Tennessee case, the second game was when after Texas or after Oklahoma would already be in the league. So you're obviously not going to keep that. Well, and the Tennessee game was a COVID game, right? Yeah, they played the first one. Yeah. And they wanted to reschedule it for later. Essentially what everybody thought was, oh, this is the SEC clearing the deck for Oklahoma and Texas in 2023. Because the Texas-Georgia game was supposed to be next year, but that's not the issue. It's It's the second half of the series. Right. Would have been, you know, they would have already been in the same league. It wasn't like a back-to-back, I, I don't think. Like, it wasn't like at Georgia next year and at Texas the year after where there was maybe the chance that they would, you know, weren't going to be in the league. So, I don't think it was much of much to do about anything in that case. Yeah. I think you're right. I, 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 the rest of the stuff, yeah. There wasn't any. There, there was. There was a couple newsy things that, like, uh, hold on. I, I what Andrew Marshan and and John, what's his name from Sports Business Journal? They did a podcast today, and they do a podcast, I think, every week or whatever. But made mention that apparently the Pac-12 and ESPN are hundreds of millions of dollars apart. Shocking, right? Yeah, can't can't believe it. Those, I mean, it is kind of shocking because all we've been told is about the markets and the brands. Right. I I have not listened, uh, so I can't tell you, you know, the details of it. I've just seen a couple of tweets, but I would like to listen to it. I mean, Sports Business Journal is pretty tied in. I mean, they had the whole, <clears throat> the, all the Big Ten details kind of before anybody else started circulating them right so i'm trying to pull this up and my my twitter is freaking out that's the problem that i had earlier and it's back so i have to close it because i can't see anything can, can you pull up ross dillinger the the you know what i'm talking about i i can you want me to find his tweets Yes, there's some tweets of his I would like to talk about. Yeah. Um, that that go directly to the core of something that we've said for a long-ass time. Okay, which is well, essentially, um, it is becoming clear, or, or people are speaking on the fact, that there's no real interest in a split from the, the 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 power five or four or whatever you want like to call it. Going on their own, away from the NCAA. Going on their own, right. Yeah, take away from lead one, I guess is what you're talking about. Take away from lead one, 80 summit, uh, regarding football governance. The, pref- the preference is to keep FBS within the NCAA with a streamlined FBS-only policymaking group. The momentum to split FBS from the NCAA is fading, as many have expected the last week. The Transformation Committee is exploring the FBS government governance issue. Uh, 
And the goal is to find a way to keep FBS under the NCAA umbrella with more authority given to it, such as an FBS-only board, etc., despite buzz lately of a split the AD support for it isn't there. Yeah, no kidding. You know why? Because of exactly what he said in late, like, in order to do that, you have to create a new NCAA that runs governance and policy and, like, no shit. That it's not just easier to keep what you already have and streamline it into what you want as opposed to creating something new and trying to do the same damn thing. They really just want... They want the NCAA to leave them alone. They just... Well, they want different rules. They don't want the same rules for... I'll even... go. Yeah. You know, the Power Five, whatever you want to say, Group of Five, FC, like the SEC and the Big Ten want to be left alone. Yeah, and the <laughs> and those, you know, and anybody else that kind of agrees with them and hangs wants, out with them gets wants to be the, uh, the upshoot in of those things. And yeah, you know, it, it does. It, it kind, you know, we don't talk about it as much, but like it's even more silly when you think about it in basketball that like three hundred and thirty six teams are all under the same. Like governance, governance yeah. and rules that like Duke and Kentucky have the same rules as you know Savannah Abilene State Christian. and Arkansas Pine Bluff and you know right <laughs> you know it it is it is a little silly when uh, when you when you look at it in that regard. It's so dumb. But like, they were never there's... just going to be like because I mean the NCAA um, enforcement is a joke now anyway. Right. They're not they've already made that irrelevant. Yeah. I mean there's hardly anybody doing that job. There's you know doing the true enforcement, trying to find cheaters, trying to find you know things that people are doing wrong like and if you are bad enough at cheating to get caught like why would you ever tell them talk to them about anything? Like they can they don't have subpoena power. They can't make anybody that's not at just school don't get anymore. caught lying. Right, they can't like, make anybody. They can't make anybody that's not at school anymore talk to them. So, Richard, well, what's up, man? Yeah, good to see you. What's up, Rich? So, yeah, as long as you don't lie, because they're if they're coming to you with something, it's probably because they already know the answer. Right, like there's no desire to. They don't have like a team of thirty guys, thirty guys and girls, like doing investigative work and like trying to find things. If they're there coming to your people. house, it's because they already know you did something wrong. Right. It's like if the feds show up, they didn't accidentally stumble upon your name and address. You did something. Now maybe you can get out of it, but chances are great. Like the nobody has any interest in the NCAA going away. That's what I've been trying to tell people for what feels like a decade. There's no interest in the NCAA going away yeah, because the just, NCAA is the perfect fall guy. They just want their involvement changed and and being be allowed to make rule changes quicker than you know right. three three years. And they you know they don't want the NCAA having hearings with Congress saying that NIL will ruin the sport. And right. 
fans will leave if you start paying players and all these ridiculous things that they say. I mean, have you seen the damn ratings? Like, they don't care. We're seeing every week there's a, this was the highest rated game. Texas, Alabama was like the highest rated game in football. It was a noon game and did over 10 million and topped out at 15 million. There wasn't an NFL game last year that had more viewers than that. Oh yeah, there was. Yeah, I think the like the 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 small numbers, like the that quarterly or whatever, it topped out higher. I saw it topped out higher than any NFL or NCAA game in the past like two years or whatever. I mean, there was five NFL Repetition. games this week that were higher than that game. I I don't I'll ha- I'd have to find it, but I like, can't use my fucking Twitter right the now. The Bengals so. the Bengals Steelers game was the highest rated. One o'clock CBS game in like 30 in 20 or 30 years. It did like right. 17 and a half, which is insane for a one o'clock game. People are going to watch. And they just want to be able to kind of like make adjustments and not have to go through all these loopholes and, and jump right. over hoops and everything, jump through hoops and over hurdles and whatnot. But yeah, but yeah I mean, they're not, it's not going to just go away. Did I get jailed? No, I've got some weird like whenever a video plays, <laughs> I get like a like a. You got reported. Like if I had seizure issues. If you had, epi- would, if you had, if epilepsy? I had epilepsy, I would be in trouble if I use Twitter right now. And I guess I need to start and restart my computer. It's something that's popped up the past couple of days. Oh, well, I don't know. There's your there's your answer. I I think there's just too much shit. Like we do too much content, I think yeah. is the problem with my computer that, right that now. Damn, too much content. My computer is begging for mercy. <laughs> do, do we have anything else on football? Because I do have one quick topic that I want to hit. Uh, uh, then we can go to basketball. I, I have one more thing I want to hit on football. Okay, then I, I have one as well. Dante Corleone skyline order. Oh, uh, then I have two because I definitely wanted to talk about that. Okay. Uh, Seven Cholitos with, with french fries. With fries. And then my favorite part was he brings uh, his own string cheese. No, no, not that's not even close to my favorite part. My favorite part is then on the side. A large three-way. A large three-way and, and chili a, a chili fries. cheese fries. Like on the side. Like a salad is on the side. Like, I joke with Kelly. <laughs> like a cup of soup is on the side. I joked with Kelly, me, you, your mom, her boyfriend, my dad, his, my stepmom, and Kelsey. That would be like, w- there would be leftover food. There'd be leftover food. Yes. Yes. My, most people don't eat the on the side part as an entire meal. A large three way and a chili cheese fry. Yeah. I mean, my, I can barely anymore. I can barely get down like a regular three-way. Jeff at Jeffrey asked where Corleone's from. Colrain. Colrain. Colrain Cardinals. This was his. High this school. was his Friday night post-game meal. This is what he would. Corleone, Italy. Yes. <laughs> this is what he would go and order at Skyline after a Friday night football game. Again. Seven Cholitos 
with french fries in them. How many? Like, Gotta how have many, a string cheese, I don't know how too. many orders of fries it takes to fill seven chilitas. Because it's not like a whole order of fries per chili. No. Maybe I, like three, would, three or three, one order of fries hits three chilitas. I think that's probably about right. Depending on how, well, it depends on how thick you're stacking your chilito, right? Like, are you just doing it for a little crunch? Or are you doing it to make your Cholito go from like this to like, you know? Well, if I'm, if I'm guessing Dante Corleone High School, I don't think he was just doing it to add a little crunch. He wasn't putting two or three French fries in there. <laughs> he wasn't putting two or three French fries in there. Richard, thank you again. You're fucking awesome. Uh, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a Dixie Chili guy. But let's... I grew up in Northern Kentucky... Dixie Chili is a Northern Kentucky thing. I'm a Dixie Chili guy. Uh, I like Skyline. I'm not a Gold Star guy. In the in the in the chill in the Chili game, my allegiance. This is for sale. My allegiance will go to whatever place will will change their hours to twenty four seven. So you can get it like after the fact. I night. think it's the biggest miss in the game that none of these places are open all the time. Like in in Michigan, they have very similar like. Coney Island and, and those places. I'm pretty sure Price Hill Chili is open 24 hours. Is it? I think so. Is that Aaron, near? Is any- you just have to go to Price Hill. <laughs> that, that could be a problem. <laughs> just saying. Aaron, can yeah. you pull up uh, a Skyline? Like, is there a menu with a, a, a price? Like, we need to... Well, Matt said $40 worth of Skyline. It's, I mean, it's got to be more than that. There's no way it's only $40. I'll see what I can find. Chilitos are probably like three fifty a piece. Yeah, that shit's expensive now, man. Cheese conies are like three, three plus, $3. Yeah, I mean, I'm... Just a I'm hot dog be, with a little chili on a cheese. I'm strictly... A, I mean, I don't know if you've listened to this. You've probably heard this. Like, I only mess with the conies. I don't do anything else. Yeah, I mean, we would not be doing this podcast justice if we didn't figure out how much this order costs. I'm a, I'm a three or four, depending on what's going on, Coney, and that's it. There was also somebody in the thread on the, the message board, Dave, that said, if you order fries in the Cholito, they charge you for a full order of fries for every Cholito. What? Yeah. That's okay, but 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 Jeffrey. Okay. Oh, we got it. We got it. We got it. Okay. Cholito, five dollars. Oh my God! So you're thirty-five bucks right there. Yeah. I mean, let's say let's say it was that's without the fries. I think I think this is including tax. Let's say okay. Four dollars back when he was in high school. I know prices have gone up. So yeah. He's a redshirt freshman. He wasn't in high school that long ago. Only a couple years. Large three-way, 1167. So so let's say, hypothetically, $4 for seven Cholitos. That's $28. $10 for a large three-way. Do we have chili cheese fries on here? 
uh, we'll go six dollars for chili cheese fries, <laughs> plus the fries that go into oh, I've got the the... Cheetos. So we'll go seven. We'll go light and go seven dollars on that. Is it weird that their downloadable menu straight from their website only has calories and not prices? <laughs> like you would think if I'm like looking at it online. Like, I had to search for a menu with prices. I want to know what the prices were. That's... They, well, because they're franchise owned, they made prices they made... are so fucking outrageous right now. They're not showing them to you. They're all <laughs> franchise owned too, or, or so the they're vast yeah, majority. Of them. Yeah. Slightly yeah. different based on location, location. right? Let's just say minimum, minimum, that is a $50 order. <laughs> so it's insane. It's, it's awesome. I mean, I love it. I might, here, here's the deal. Here's what I'll do. I'll put this on the, the, BB, the BCJ podcast right now. Dante Corleone has two sacks against Miami. I will go straight to Skyline after the game. And I will get the Corleone, and I will film myself eating it. Are you going to have string cheese at the ready? No, I won't have any string cheese. <laughs> string cheese is that, that's. Yeah. I, I do want to. I, that would. I do want to know. Like, what was the? What was the one string cheese? Like, where did it come from? Did you add it to a chilito? How, did how you long eat had it you... as like a as a palate cleanser? Was it a, a mousse, Was it a mousse bouche? Like, how long look, was it hanging out on, in this pocket? On. Let's let's be very real. That dude was 350 pounds at Coleraine. He had string cheese. Right, but why do you just have like, uh, why are you like saying like, yeah, I had seven Chilitos, all with fries, a string cheese, and then on the side I had uh, a, a because, large four-way and a chili cheese. Fry. Like, got it? I mean, like, where did the string cheese come from? Like, you already have all this. Like, what makes you like, you know, I got all this food, but you know what really is going to make me happy and top it off is that I, I cannot forget the string cheese. Because he just had string cheese with him, always. Because why wouldn't he? I mean, right? Like, calling the Godfather should his new nickname be, be String Cheese? Nah, I think I'm not calling him that. Yeah, I'm calling him the Godfather <laughs> still. Um, we got two, yeah. two sacks. Let it be known, two sacks. Amelia, uh, Skyline. I will eat the Corleone. You cannot eat all that. Oh, no, sure. no, of course not. I can't eat all that. You pull an Ed where you get through like several and then you puke. You will throw up. <laughs> oh, I just, I'll just stop eating it. Oh, Sky, Skyline would be ruined for you. No, I don't. That does, that step doesn't. You you know, Ed, Ed tried to eat 12 cheese conies and ate like nine in a puke. <laughs> Has he, what is, is he, what's his relationship with Skyline now? Um, He worked his way back into it. Okay. It wasn't, good. Have it wasn't good for a couple I months. wouldn't have any issues along those lines. If you puked it? No, I would be right back there. That doesn't bother me. Uh, scroll up, Aaron. Jeffrey wants to know what a three-way is, or a, a cheese coney is now. It's like $3. I think it's like, yeah, like $3. Yeah, $2.93. Yeah. It's, it's $3. Yeah, that mustard and is, you know, got it really expensive. Yeah. $50. But yeah, that was... That was Awesome, awesome stuff. I'm sure he just said it like so nonchalantly too. Well, I guess so. I, I, we had a bunch of stuff going on with Kelly, and I didn't get to. I went to the press conference yesterday, but I couldn't go to practice. Um, we were told we were going to be allowed to talk to Dante yesterday. Uh, 
Justin got the jump on me on that, which I hate him for uh, forever uh, because I've been asking for Dante for like four weeks now. And yesterday was the first time he was made available. And Justin was told, ask him about his high school skyline order. No, so this is like a, a you know, like a, a well, well known story. Yeah, it was a plan. It was like, uh, but you know, remember back in the day we had to ask Big Country about his his Chipotle order. Oh, okay, yeah. It was a plan. So, like, yeah, that wasn't it. Wasn't natural. Yeah, it wasn't or, was organic. They just right. started like talking about skyline. And Dante's like, hey, by the way, here's what I no. used to eat. Justin was told, like, get his on, get his like on record skyline order as he offers organically offers Justin a string cheese. <laughs> he he like. He obviously needs a Skyline NIL deal, but like, can we get him like a Kroger dairy, Kroger string cheese deal too? Yeah, like the string cheese deal is more important than the Skyline deal. I'd like to know what his order is now. Right, he's down to 310. Yeah, like, so, so what, what does he eat now? What did he cut out? Did he cut out no, like he, in, two string cheese or two Chilitos? In that tweet, I believe it said he misses Skyline. Oh, like, so he doesn't it, eat it at he all? He doesn't eat it anymore. I'd rather be that would be terrible. That would, that would be terrible. It'd be heartbreaking. I wish I could use Twitter right now so I could. <laughs> use your phone, dude. Don't get me started. Um, but yeah. So what was your other? What was your other thing you wanted to get to? Clearly, definitely not as funny as that. I do want to touch very, very briefly on Nebraska, and not Nebraska. Singularly, but you know, because you know, obviously Nebraska opens and Luke Fickles on the next plane to Lincoln. Sure. Uh, yeah. But I do think that when we look at stuff like this, obviously it's not going to change, and you know, it's never going to change. You know, the the mindset of well, you know, someone will get him, and he's not going to stay there forever, and. And all the all the tropes that we're used to, and you see fans are right in saying, like, hey, look, he he's had plenty of opportunities to leave and he's chosen not to. Like, why would he go to a place that is in like a massive rebuild and, and the situation that Nebraska's in? And I'm, I agree with that, but I think we need to keep in mind a couple things, especially over the last couple of years, have changed the coaching dynamic considerably. And I don't and I'm not saying that to say that. Luke is going to take advantage of that. But $90 million, $100 million, dollars, million dollars, 10 part years. Of what I'm going to get to. The first part is, there's three key elements to this, but the first part is, if you had Brian Kelly going from Notre Dame to LSU, and you had Lincoln Riley going from Oklahoma to USC, I want you to, to, you know, to let me know, and I will literally buy you whatever the fuck you want. So do not, under any circumstance, come at anybody and say, well, he would never leave UC for Nebraska. Um, I'm pretty confident in saying that one won't happen. I'm, I am too, but I'm, I'm just using those as an example of like, I know. nowadays, like, your coach can leave. Like, sure. <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a different world. When, you can, when schools can pull that off, it's a different world. The Cincinnati one, is probably what four or five years minimum away from being able to really stomach ten million dollars a year. Oh, I, I think we're more than that. I mean, that's a that's a top five salary in the in the sport. But 
And that's, I mean, that's right now. That's it's going. That's where it's going. Right. That's my other point is, especially for. 10 million the, a year right now is crazy. Yeah. But Three, four years from now, oh. there's going to be 15 coaches making $10 million a year. Yeah, Mel Tucker makes $10 million a year. Three, four years from now, the Big Ten and the SEC will have even more don't give a fuck money. So, like, we can talk about, oh, he's not money-driven and blah, blah, blah. Like, Nebraska's going to pay their next coach eight or nine million bucks a year. Yep. It's just, I mean, that's the the floor if they want someone, like, worth a shit. And they got no problem paying it because of all the bad things that have gone on there, guess what's never changed is their fan support. They have sold out every game since 1962. Right. All the advantages that they used to have, weight room, walk-on program, all those things that made them great. Recruiting Texas. All those are gone, but they still have cash and they still have fan support. And now they're going to have even more cash because the SEC and the Big Ten are just going to have like, yeah, we got to spend it somewhere, so let's just give it to our coaches. So here's the only reason. The only reason I have zero worry about Nebraska is that Luke walks in and says, honey, we're moving to Lincoln, Nebraska. Right. And she says, honey, no, we're you're, not. you're moving, moving to Lincoln, to Lincoln Nebraska. <laughs> we we have these kids right. that aren't like – And the I only reason we're using your that – the only reason we're using that is because it's a big job and it's the first one open. And, sure. and you know his name was going to come up. Because, honestly, like, if I'm Trev Alberts, look, guess who I'm calling first? Like, right. I'm, like, that's 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 the funny part. Like, that's all people have really said on Twitter is, if I'm Trev Albert, the first person I'm calling is Luke Fickle. And I will say this. If Trev Albert doesn't, Call Luke Fickle first. I would fire him. Well, and I would fire him immediately. It's September. He could start the process of like you know whittling away at the you know you call him you call his agent tomorrow. Any any interest at all? Nope, none. Okay, week later. You know, well we 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 got this going on. Still still don't want to have any conversation. Nope, none. Week week after. Hey man, this is our guy. We know he's great, but. Eventually, maybe you start to t- you start to turn him, and I'm just using the Nebraska job as the example. But like, and the third element that is totally different now is NIL. Nebraska, because of their fan support and because of the way that the state is, could have the best NLI program in the country because they can funnel every dollar in the state right to Nebraska. I mean, they they have this restaurant there, Runzies or however you pronounce it. That they I mean. As soon as NLI came out, they gave a deal to every student athlete at Nebraska. Yeah, fifty grand or what? Like it was a lot. Yeah, I don't know what the but like. I don't think I'd ever want to eat at a restaurant called Runzies because it. Yeah, I, I feel like yeah, the but joke, would you cash their fifty thousand dollars? Just check? saying, the joke is already there. Like they sell them in the state. Like they sell them in the state. They're like empanada type hot pocket type. Things. I ate at Runzies. Guess what it gave me? Yeah, would but, you cash their check, Aaron? Yeah, I mean, of course. I know, I know what you're paying me. <laughs> right? right? But so, you know, I get both sides. I get what our, you know, our fans reaction to every time they see his name. And, and I don't think he's going to go to Nebraska either, but there are big elements that are different now 
and especially different in the next couple of years. We've spent the- months on this t- podcast talking about the game changing in front of our face. Yeah. So, yes, going to the Big 12 will help. But guess what? If somebody in the Big 10 of the SEC wants to give them $10 million, going to the Big 10 has no bearing on, on that type of thing right now. Do you think Luke Fickle believes he could win – the Big Ten West every year at Nebraska. Well, divisions are well, but also divisions are going to go away. Sure. So, but yes, they're uh, going to look. Would, divisions oh, are going to go away. The Big Ten West is terrible. <laughs> of course, Dave, he thinks he can win it. Dave, divisions are going to go away, but Nebraska is not playing Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, and Penn State and regularly. USC every year. Right. USC get, probably because they're Well, you're going to get one of those teams on your schedule a little more often. But you're still right. going to get a whole lot of Purdue, Minnesota, Northwestern, you know, all those teams right. too. You think so, Luke Fickle doesn't believe he could win the Big 10 West in Nebraska? He thinks he could win any division in the Big 10. But that's how and these play, guys are, and play in the Big 10 title game regularly from there. Yeah. The problem and, is it's not in Chicago. It's in Lincoln, Nebraska. Right. But, you know, hey, I'd move to Lincoln, Nebraska for $10 million. A year. <laughs> yeah. not, right. not $10 million. $90, $100. And, and the next coach in, in Nebraska is probably going to be like, yeah, and all that is guaranteed, my friends. Right, right. Like, like no buyout. <laughs> like, it's all my buyout. <laughs> right. You're right. So, I mean, you know, it's just the reality of where – things are going for those two leagues specifically and when you brought home your prodigal son and it flamed out you think a couple million bucks is going to get in the way of nebraska making their next hire so you know just not i'm not saying watch it or anything like that but it's just it's going to be a different world like the whole like ten nine ten million dollar coach is not is not going to be the norm but it's certainly not going to be the exception right no, it's that, I mean, Mel Tucker's already getting nine and a half, and he he's he's been the coach at Michigan State for one freaking year, and and he's not he's a good coach. I mean, maybe he had what he's been there one year. He's a good coach. Yeah. Does that like good is average, right? Yeah. Like, and and this and this and the way things are done now, being a good coach means you're average. I mean. The, Cripkeeper brings up Neil Brown at West Virginia. Yeah, he makes $5 million a year. Go check out his buyout. He ain't going anywhere. Right. <laughs> I mean, unless unless it gets so bad and they go 2-10 and 10 and there's a full-on revolt and someone and Jim Justice steps up to pay that buyout, <laughs> right. then yeah, maybe. But, like, that dude's buyout is... It's, is Jim Justice the gas station guy? Jim Justice is the governor... Of wow. the state who made a you know metric ton of money in in mining. Oh, he owns the Greenbrier Resort and Hotel. Oh yeah, that's that's a place. Yeah, there's a there's a a dude who is the son of the guy that like whatever like gas station is big in in West throughout West Virginia in Pennsylvania the Sheets. Uh, I don't know if it's the Sheets guy or not, but. Wawa? It might be Wawa. No, Wawa is like Philly. Oh. E- either way, the guy that started it is a huge West Virginia fan, and his son 
goes to AAU events, like they go on the plane with hugs. Yeah. And his son, like if you've ever seen these pictures of hugs at like AAU events with a guy that looks like he used to be the Mountaineer, that's the family that owns the jet that hugs travels to uh, for AAU events. And he just takes the, the kid with him who's like, 35 like in 40 he's not like kid, but like me <laughs> yeah it'd be like taking you and everybody just gets pictures of hugs and this guy because he looks like he just came straight out of like a holler in west virginia <laughs> and like they fly on the private jet together and go to aau events around the country but yeah so yeah i'm not trying to like scare anybody but is that is that it super american u.s like i know it's 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 random it's not one of the like it's a smaller deal that's like in all these small towns in West Virginia. Just in just a West Virginia based thing. Yeah. And they like they've made you know hundreds of millions of dollars and Hugs uses their jet for AAU travel. Yeah. I mean I think my, my larger point is just like No, I know. I'm just any anything is possible now. Like anything is possible. Like you have we have no idea where some desperate AD is gonna go when he's got you know. 70, $120 million dollars to spend. million dollars a year. Yeah. Just from a TV deal. Like, how desperate are you? Like, it's the old back the Brinks truck up. Like, I will back this amount of money up till some coach says yes. I think you're right, Crip Keeper. The super American U.S. thing. I think that's what it is. Um, And it's like the son of the founder that <laughs> just, just gets, he goes and parties with hugs April and then June and July. <laughs> like on the plane and they go to AAU events and oh can you imagine like he gets he gets better access than than most uh most he gets the sideline seating right next to hugs like better access than anyone yeah he's got better he doesn't do anything he just goes and hangs out he has better access to hugs than than june (laughs) just saying all right let's get out of here Heck of a show tonight. Thank you, Dave. Wait, uh, I was I was wondering at like 45 minutes, like, are we gonna get like are we gonna do any, our normal you got any basketball? Everybody's gonna want to know about Wes's and Arrington Look, Page top Bearcats top four. If you're surprised that you sees an Arrington Page is top four, I join Bearcatjournal.com. I don't know if anybody is surprised, but like how you know, do you have a, a, a thought on how you're handicapping uh UC or USC? You think that's it? Yeah. But all indication are like Indiana is is falling behind. Yeah, and I've never really got the feeling that Miami was a major threat. Um, how so much? UC how much of a if it is UC USC? You know, a lot of people talk package deals when it comes down to it. Like, it's only a package deal if you get Isaiah Collier. But like, right? How, how well, much? How much is Page's decision tied to? To like say Collier goes to USC. Does UC have a shot to still get him, or is he basically going to USC too? So here's the thing. Collier or Page is announcing soon. Oh, okay. Like the idea or the thought is like by the end of the month, Page is gonna make his college decision. So like the end of September and next couple yeah, weeks? The end of September in the next okay. couple weeks. If that's reality, then it's not really a package deal. 
Isaiah Collier is not going where Arnold right. and Page goes. Or they've already decided in one, you know, one's just I don't think that's real either because I don't think Collier is really that far along, especially with what happened. Yeah. For those that are, are new and don't know, Isaiah Collier was on a canoeing, kayaking trip with his friends and closest friends and family. His best friend died. He has been not the same. He has not done much with the recruiting process until recently when uh, the recruiting period has opened up. He has not been in kind of decision mode. Now, it affected Paige as well because Paige goes to the same high school. They play on the same team. The young man that died was the son of their head coach. But general, like in the basketball community, feeling is Paige is entering decision mode. So within the next two, three weeks or so, Paige is going to decide. If Paige decides first, he's making his own decision. And then Collier will decide where he's going. And we'll see if, you know, where Paige goes has any impact on that. I'm not saying it won't. I'm saying Isaiah Collier is not like, you know, Arnton Page commits to UC. That does not mean automatically that Isaiah Collier is going to UC. Right. And same for USC. I think it's going to come down to USC and UC for both. Michigan has more of a chance with Collier than Indiana does with Page if we're dealing with like who the third place team is right now for both of them. Yeah. Um, How does Jizzle James fit into all this? That's a great question because I get the sense like they'd like to get Jizzle James done. Like they, from the people I've talked to and the conversations I've had, the feeling is Jizzle James is a Bearcat. Tough, physical, get after you, multi-year, lead your program type of guard. If Isaiah Collier is going to wait until November and Jizzle James, let's say, wants to move up his timeline to late September, early October, or shortly after, you know, he's taking his visit to Cincinnati here in a couple weeks. Yeah, like what if he takes his visit and just loves it and wants to, you know, basically wants to commit? They're not going to take his commitment because that. You know, no, I, mean, I think they are. I think I do too. I do too. I mean, you get him on campus. He loves it. He wants to commit. You're in his top three. You already know. Like, you're not going to tell him no. I would. I certainly wouldn't. Especially <laughs> if they feel like because if they you- feel like he's a match, right? If they feel right. like he's a match for who they are what their culture is and what they want to do. Plus, if you tell them no, you're, you're out. Right. Regardless of what happens with Isaiah Collier, you're out. Like, yeah, we've already seen that once. He wants to commit and you don't take his commitment after his visit. Like he's not going to all of a sudden, like wait till Isaiah Collier decides and then see that he didn't come to UC and then go, okay, now I'm going to, now will you take my commitment? There will already be a commitment made by that point. Okay. It'll be a Georgia. 
Like Cincinnati's fine. If you're going to land Jizzle James, you're going tooth and nail with Georgia. I, I've talked about this on the board a bunch. Georgia, Mike White and his staff recruited the shit out of Jizzle James while they were at Florida. Right. And now they're at Georgia and they're doing the same. So if you, I mean, I don't know how you could not. So then does that, that I assume that means that if they did, then that would take them out of Collier. I initially thought that. I don't I mean, know. I'm sure they would try their, a- try their asses off. But like, well, I think I think in, in that scenario, what you sell is two point guard system. You're right. you're gonna play both of you. It's playing both at the same time. Yeah, like we're we're gonna put the ball in both of your hands, which works a little, which is the which works a little bit better as they've built up the rest of the roster, right? And now you're six seven on the wing instead of six four, right? And so the things that we've talked about in the past well, about and, like and, and call your six. Three six right. eight. like he's not a small guard. Jizzle's no. Jizzle's six one six two, but if you're six one six four six seven six nine seven foot, right? That's not a small. No, and your bench is six seven six seven six four six five. Like, you know, yes. It, it, I I said it a couple weeks ago. There's a lot of high stakes poker the staff is playing right now. We'll right. we'll see. But that's I mean. I don't think there's a fan worth their shit that doesn't want that game to be played. Right. And this is hypothetical. These are my opinions. Right. And and everybody should should understand that. Like, yeah, you can bust out. Yeah. But I'd, ra- I'd, rather, I'd rather play this game than just be like, yeah, we're going to get this kid that's ranked 179th and he's six foot, not right. super athletic. And, and maybe he'll develop by his third year. Like, I don't, I don't want that shit anymore. This isn't me like, reporting anything this is me answering your questions and giving my opinion on how this is all like how the pieces are coming together i got a notification today bearcat air might have been in orlando might have been (laughs) notification tonight bearcat air might be in cobb county georgia (laughs) And then headed to Branson, Missouri to end the night tonight. Well, they go to Big Cedar Lodge. Could play a little West. West told me he was done playing golf. He's going to go to Big Cedar Lodge. No, that's uh, and, and tee it up at Payne's Valley. Link Linkier Academy. I know where Tyler know. McKinley is. So I, I would I wouldn't be surprised if Tyler McKinley is on the uh, agenda for tomorrow. But like the staff is, I, I I talked to somebody over the weekend and they were like, you know what? These guys are on solid ground now. Like when they were here a year ago, <coughs> they thought they were going to be in the American forever. Right. Right? Like at this, they just found out a year ago, what, last what, week? Last, last week. That they were going to the Big 12. Prior to that, like. Yeah, for the first six months of they were on staff or whatever that is, they were recruiting to the American. It's, they're swinging for the fences. Sometimes they'll get the top recruits. Sometimes they won't. It's a super exciting time because this is a coach that grew up in North Carolina's system, right? Like, do you think Wes Miller is just going to be like, if we get if we get one four star class, we're going to be happy? Like, if we only if we get, get one, one four star class, that's only how we're going to right. I mean, like, right. 
Now it's like if we get if we don't get two top 50 kids a class, we're going to get our ass kicked every week in the Big 12. For sure. It's fun, it's exciting, it's been wild to like try to piece things together uh as they're playing out. Like I've said on the board, there's been a lot of misinformation. There's been a lot of people reporting things that aren't exactly true. Um, but we're in a critical period because right now, and, and this is just the honest truth, we're in a race right now from now until the second Wednesday in November. Two months. All of these kids, almost, like almost guaranteed all of these kids are going to commit by the early signing period. That's in roughly 60 days. Roughly two months from today. So how does it play out? I have no idea. Maybe it's going to be the, the South Park meme with, you know, what's his name's dad with stuff all over the wall <laughs> or maybe everybody's going to be pissed i have no fucking idea which way it's going to go but i know stan's dad in their stan's dad yeah Mr. don't put don't put that up i don't want that up on screen <laughs> listen you come on now that's not my mo executive, he's not the best executive producer for nothing you are the best executive producer in the city. Um, I, I don't know which way it's going to go. I really don't have a feel. Like, if you if you put a gun to my head and said, are, are Paige and Collier picking UC or USC? I'd probably just take the bullet. I don't know. <laughs> but I do know this. The staff is putting them in a position unlike anything we've seen in a long fucking time, Dave. Yeah. It's gotta, That's what I know. It's got to close the deal now. Coffee's for closers. That was a... That's the 10 minutes of this show everybody will be talking about. I don't know. I'm pretty sure the Skyline discussion will... The Skyline discussion will also <laughs> be right up there. I'm kidding. All right. Let's get out of here. He's Dave Simone. I'm Chad Brendel. Thanks to the best executive producer in the city, Aaron Smith. We'll see you next week. It's the BCJ podcast brought to you by the Holy Grail. Get your ass to the Holy Grail on Saturday at some point right here on BearcatJournal.com.